0: Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: You have no proof of that.
0: Fair enough. Joining us all the way from joining us from right oh. here across the table from me. <laughs> Got him rattled early. Jed Brewer, the director <laughs> of Mission USA Productions. Here and enjoying my potato chips. Yeah, you were mid chip, so my brain thought, "Don't throw to the guy who's crunching potato chips right now."
1: He say. <laughs> media professional <laughs> they're delicious that's really the key thing to know
0: all the way from oakridge tennessee one of the pastors of christ community church lee younger
2: must be nice to have chips
3: oh it's great man i'm washing it down with some ice cold diet dr pepper it's great
0: yeah if the uh, if the podcast sounds a little extra sour creamy and oniony mm. this week you'll know why
3: mm, tang
1: <laughs> lord
0: just gonna let that one go
1: folks <laughs> oh god all right well you know what it is guys we just hit rock bottom <laughs> we're we're out it's just it's devolved down there's just nothing left well
0: as one of the guys we work with here at the bridge has once informed us there's no such thing as rock bottom There's just when you're tired of absolutely. it absolutely i mean and i have I- a feeling are still depths we can plumb
1: I mean, it's. I mean, uh, we we invoked uh, the, the a a uh, analogy of a Lord of the Flies. I think we're pretty close to that. Definitely. You know, it's just it's just devolving, you know, and uh, you know what, it's just going to be grunts and and squeals <laughs> pretty <you know>?
2: soon. <laughs> so, wait, is that is that like a is that like the Animal Farm that. That uh, that novel where they all become Like the pigs take over the farm You know what I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, yeah, man, George Orwell I'm with you Yes, is, I read that, that, that in suggesting? high school
0: As opposed to reading the back of the book The day before And doing what I could on the essay <laughs>
3: This book is certainly a Bantam classic <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, this is a very interesting transition To what we're going to talk about In the first segment here Got a question in from our friend, Matt, down there in Carolina. He asked, what does one have to do to be considered a say that super fan? Not much. And now (laughs) we've given him and everyone else we've ever given that designation to reason to really not want that designation. Yeah. Yeah. We're just crunching chips, <laughs> saying just maybe inappropriate one-word kind of sounds, <laughs> mid-20th century Orwellian literary references.
1: It's devolved.
0: It has devolved, but because the people seem to enjoy the show, and who are we to judge? Let's we'll keep going. I kick it around to the room. What does one have to do to qualify for say that superfan status.
1: Fitz? I declare an emergency! Oh no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Because I... I Thanks for waiting until long after the chip d- it began. had begun. D- d- we didn't declare an emergency. We did not. And I felt that was part of the devolving process that we just couldn't sure, remember. Sure, we got out of order. So I declared it so that we can move forward with the bit. Sure. Sure. So. Now comes the
0: moving forward with the bit part. <laughs>
1: well, okay then. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that now. now well, I think uh, if you're going to be a Say That super fan, it's not just about how much you love the Say That podcast. Right. It's about how much you hate all the others.
3: Oh, that's nice. Interesting. <laughs> um, Very
1: much the uh, the AV club pitchfork
0: Version of fanhood. It's not about what you like. It's about the things you think you're a little too good for.
1: Well, yeah. Let's say you're listening to, say, the podcast in your pod player. Okay. Okay? And that's how you're doing it. You know what I mean? Right. You can't turn on the radio and get it because it's exclusive. Absolutely. You have to have a special subscription where you sign up for it and it comes into your pod player.
0: Sure. You have to hit one button and not pay any money. It's very exclusive.
1: Now- Here's what happens: is you're listening to it on infinite loop as you do, so you get the same episode about 20 times each week. You know, it's it's just, really let it sink in. Yeah, all
0: you, the it's like listening to a Beatles album. There's a lot of nuance.
1: Yeah, you want to get all the, the a lot layers of going
0: on in the background. Yeah. So, um, good use y- of stereoscaping.
1: Yeah. Nice. You know, nice stereo field to it. You know, you're, there's a lot of depth to it. And here's what happens is you're you're so you're listening to your your podcast on infinite loop. You're on the subway, you're walking down the street, you're, you know, whatever you're wherever you're at. And you look over at the other person's pod player and they've got something else going on over there. It could be any kind of other Christian podcast, doesn't matter what it is. Here's what you do. You go over and you slap it out of their hand. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you look at them and say, "No. No." <laughs> stop
3: do you maybe roll up a newspaper and kind of hit them on the snout exactly with it? right that's yeah exactly right
1: <laughs>
0: refer to <laughs> as a snout too they love that <laughs> getting a note in from our legal department I say that podcast is not technically is not technically instructing you to destroy the property of others but we really are yeah
1: mostly you, you get a For legal from reasons there.
0: we cannot be held liable you stop it
1: yeah like that that's how you tell them <laughs> sure and like, imagine like them listening to the podcast. That other podcast is right. like they're about to put their hand on a hot stove. Okay, sure.
3: You just got to you know, right. You you know roughly slap it away. abruptly. Yeah. Grab them. Essential.
2: Yeah, essentially they are putting their hand to a hot stove as far as you know spiritual wisdom and advice this, goes.
1: This is what this is what I'm trying to lay out. Right. So you know. Because your average fan of this podcast is already listening to it all day, every day. Well, of course. Your average fan is already, you know, writing out their own written transcript. They're having that professionally typed up. They're having that bound in leather. Right. And they're putting that on their shelf. That's your average fan that's sure okay.
3: bar dude
1: and i mean you know because if you're not doing that what if you're just listening to this and it's like just okay that's fine sure then what you know uh what would even be the point of that but what we're talking about is you have to actively stop other people from listening to other podcasts exactly right sure uh the, you're on a mission here yeah absolutely i mean what would you well, w- w- go ahead lee well, no, no. You go ahead and finish this off. I, I've
2: got my, I've got phase two of what would constitute a superfan. fan. Well, this out. is a,
0: Glenn's version of the very popular Ford advertising campaign from the early '90s. If you see someone driving a Chevy, just crash into them. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for them. We hope it's going to
3: work for us. Lee, what do you got?
0: <laughs> well, I would think that if, uh, if
2: you know, as Glenn's saying, a normal podcast listener, you know, they're <coughs> They're they're they've got the full transcript. It's leather bound. It's embossed with their name on it right. and all that kind of stuff. That's that's a normal listener. Not
0: their name, they, our name. They didn't do anything. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got the they've they've taken part in the swag campaigns. They're you know all, all that kind of stuff. They've they've got all the they've got all the gear right. But I would say like a super fan at this point, you like if you went into like if you went into their dorm room or into, you know, the apartment or something like that, you would see like, um, you would see like the walls of the place covered in like, uh, like, you know if we've made a reference to a movie there'd be a picture of that like imdb thing printed out and then right. there would be like a thread attached to like right. another yes. you know reference to something like it would be like a giant web of you know just walls plastered with uh, pictures from bits right. you know different mm-hmm. the, diff- the different emergencies right. all tied together to show the continuity of the uh, emergencies the kind of the meta depth of 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 the comedic brilliance oh that's good that's really i love that yeah
1: that that feels like a you know because you're you you got to see how it all connects together man exactly right
0: maybe have a big bulletin board with pictures of bits and red string
1: yeah Yeah. just a
0: couple of random big red question marks right Right.
1: you know (laughs) just yeah you're just trying to solve the mysteries man
0: sure i think most of our if you can put up with this on a weekly basis Fandom is going to have some level of it's going to look a lot like star graving madness,
3: absolutely. Absolutely,
0: right.
1: all right. So yeah, to, 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 to uninitiated, you know, that's how it's gonna, you know, and and sure,
0: I, draw more comparisons between us and the Freemasons <laughs> It they look weird from the outside, but once you're in, <laughs>
1: well, and I think too, man, I mean, um. It, it, the 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 podcast is a, is a call to arms sure absolutely. okay
0: not little arms i'm getting another note from the legal department a what metaphorical call to arms.
1: what we're trying to do is start a revolution okay
0: a metaphorical <laughs> revolution
1: we're trying to we're trying to kick off the whole new way of doing things the new world order that's, bro that's exactly right so, for example, when we declare, you mean America- we're going to take over WCW in the late '90s?
0: <laughs> also, can we <laughs> by take turning a boss? Hulk Hogan heel? <laughs> we have
2: to. We have to, have to have like the most tiny little timeout and say that as Jed. I think we screamed, need a big timeout. As, as Jed screamed the words, "A new world order, bro." He is reclining in a chair with his feet propped up, and he has no shoes or socks on. That's
1: correct. This giant monkey toes staring right at us. Just sour cream
0: and onion chip <laughs> drunk. Like
2: the the audio that the listener heard at that moment had was so far removed from yes. the visual. Yes.
0: The South will rise again. No, it won't. No, it didn't it won't. rise the first time. Stop it. I have relatives who actually believe that. Stop <laughs> it.
1: Here here's what it is. We're trying to start a revolution, you know. Metaphorical yep. revolution. We're trying to. It, so here's what it is. When when we declare emergency. You declare emergency. That's right. You know what I mean? Wherever you're at. You're on alert. You, you you immediately get into alert position. Yeah. Like martial law? Essentially. And so that's that's what you're doing is you're alerting people to the latest updates of what's going on there and, and getting passing on the information. Because, you know, we can't do this all by ourselves. Right. You right. understand? We're giving you the information. You have to go out there and start the revolution. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's there's lame. Wait, Christ-
0: we're outsourcing the revolution. Yeah. Okay, I can <laughs> yeah. get behind that.
1: Look, there, that's there's, American as apple pie, right there. There's look, there's lame Christian podcasts happening everywhere. Totally. Uh, and you know what else? That's really upsetting. You
0: not want to hear part seventeen of my sermon
1: series on Hezekiah. The, this is the thing: is these lame Christian podcasts? Some of them, and now this is going to hurt when I say this some of them have higher ratings than this podcast oh that burns that burns so what we have to do is destroy all of them yeah well in the in, the, in the, it, it, this is what in revolutionary terms you call a purge <laughs>
3: wow <laughs> wow we're gonna
1: get that's,
0: ethan Hawke in on this piece
1: so that's uh you know that's if you're a super fan you're you're ready to purge the you're world. You're saying when
3: you're a super fan, you're super fan all the way.
1: That's right. You're ready. You're ready to whatever it takes.
3: Yeah, there it is. There it is.
0: <laughs> Jed's only threatening language comes from Broadway.
1: It's true. It's a little weird. So uh, yeah, I, I I think that's a good qualifier. You know, just as a, a thumbnail sketch of what a super fan is. I like it. I like I it.
0: it. Now you're going to declare the emergency. Are you satisfied?
1: Uh, y- y- absolutely um i'm not sure what emergency i declared so i will declare it off okay sure. <laughs> seems good because uh, frankly i don't know what we're doing anymore sure says a man
0: who just put out a call to revolution <laughs> <laughs> i think the
2: only thing we forgot to say was that true super fans leave a review that's exactly no. oh.
0: what super fans do. Oh no, 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 no! Super fans, Anybody who listens to this should leave a review. You don't get superfan status for that. Let me tell you, that's bare minimum. You, I'm just saying,
2: super fan. You can't be a super fan unless that's happened. Well, that's, that's fair like a enough. Very basic prerequisite.
3: Hey, hey, you listening to this? You on your device, your tablet, your computer? You could leave a review right now, but you're not, are you? No, you're just doing your thing. Just listening to this free entertainment that's blessing you and encouraging you. Know you know what? You're, your own. you're
1: breaking Jed's heart right now. Just,
3: oh, but I don't care. I don't mind. I, I'm happy to just go on unappreciated forever. I mean, right. it would cost you a lot. It would take like a whole like five seconds to click over to iTunes and leave a review. Maybe I know it's hard being in your world with all the things you've got going on. It's no problem. It's no problem at all. I'll just continue just kept, you know, just working over a hot Podcast stove all day, just to bring you something beautiful and wonderful. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Carry on.
0: Uh, that's what happens when you people force us to act like more, act more like the other Christian podcasts to get ahead. That's right. I'm not Hold your on. maid. We're going to put on podcast maid. We're going to keep going on about reformed theology. <laughs> yeah. And Hezekiah and crap you don't care about. Yeah. And we're going to rename <laughs> this podcast My Adorable
1: Thoughts. Yeah. Okay, this is this is a threat, okay? <laughs> next if there are not enough good reviews before the next taping, we just we just start talking boring stuff like the other christian podcast
3: yeah i like that that's good sure. that's yeah. very good deal
1: with that yeah that's about to happen the you're gonna tune into the podcast is gonna be this well praise the lord brothers and sisters <laughs> it's a beautiful day And we hope you have a beautiful day, having a beautiful day. You know, Glenn, it really is a beautiful day. And when I think about the great
3: day the Lord's blessed us with, that reminds me of the beautiful truth of premillennialism. Put together a lot of thoughts about premillennialism. And the pox, the theological pox that is postmillennialism, I'd share them with you now. Really get into it. If you would, turn with me to Revelation, it's the last book in your Bible, well, most of your Bibles. Some of us have a few extra books. <laughs> Go ahead and carry with me to chapter seventeen. Secret revelation. Got a few
1: verses I like us to get into. Here's what I'm saying is that could happen. Yeah, we I could do that. Is I that would, what you want? Is I would really like want? to
0: jump in here with an impression of either Mark griscoll or Andy Stanley, but that would mean having to listen to a second of any one of their sermons, and I'm not putting myself through that.
3: Yeah, that's probably for the best. also.
0: That's a. I don't want to. Take the bullets out of the gun there. If that's a pretty empty threat, because we would all kill ourselves. Yeah. About three minutes of trying to do that show. Yeah. yeah. We
1: couldn't handle that. There's
0: no way that would happen.
1: We can't have our lighter under a bushel. We're too awesome. Totally. It's just, you know. Maybe, uh,
0: here we go. We're trying. I know we got to get out of this bit, but I think Jed has put us on the right path of, you know, there's these big mega churches. Right. They got all this money. Right. We want to get some, we don't even want money. We just want those sweet, sweet podcast numbers. That's yeah. right. We got to become a mega podcast.
3: Yeah. Oh. So
0: we have to copy what they're doing. Now, Jed's did the guilt. Yep. Right. And that's real good. That, yeah. works, like, that works like gangbusters. Yeah. Like you can convince an entire generation of people that dating is evil <laughs> through the power of totally non-biblically based guilt.
1: That seems unlikely. That's pretty good.
0: But I think I'm going to, I'm not going to necessarily kick it up a notch. I'm going to go a different tactic. This is one we've experienced recently. Some folks writing in the tumblers and even some church in Chicago here. You know, folks, the podcast doesn't exist to meet your needs.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow.
0: You come to the podcast to be part. Of what we're trying to do as a podcast oh yeah we deliver the podcast sacraments we are bona fide as a podcast yeah you don't right. get to just come in here with your problems and questions and like we gotta serve you like some sort of shepherd yeah. for your thing i'm trying to think of some other word for shepherd that would apply to people who are put in charge of a church but it just escapes me right yeah, now i can't think of i'm not here to do this here's i got thoughts and opinions and I'm gonna stand up here and drone on about him for an hour and a half and you're gonna put money in the plate and you're gonna like it. Yeah. Apparently that works. I don't like doing that character, but right. it seems to work.
1: That you it that look, you could have left a review and none of this would be happening <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. None of this would be happening right well, now.
0: Well, you
2: brought this on yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna to turn to
0: happier things here because you should absolutely leave a review. Can't stress that enough. It's very simple. As Jed points out, it's very easy. It's set up for you. Now we are talking about say that super fandom. You could here's some ways people have done that before. They sent cookies. We're open to bribes. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely open to bribes. They've written in lovely things. They we got you can start. You can try to kick off a revolution. You can go around smacking things out of people's hands. Yep. Or we got a shortcut for you. We got a fast track. Okay. You go over to missionusa.com/slash/bridgebox. You click that sign up button. Automatic super fan status. Boom. Boom. Wow. Whoa. The fast track, the VIP section, the velvet rope Whoa. to say that super fandom, missionusa.com/slash/bridgebox. Gonna be eight dollars a month. You you don't just get the warm feeling of knowing you are a say that super fan and that we're never gonna do these mega church bits again. You get songs, sermons, oh, Bible studies, devotionals, videos, lots of cool stuff we make here in Chicago for you, all based around a question someone has given us to help you move forward with your walk. And that's not even the best part. The best part is the $8 a month, the pittance, the change that falls from your pockets for a month, goes to support ministry in the city of Chicago, on the streets, guys coming out of jail, gals coming out of addiction, folks coming out of gangs. We work with them every week. We can do that because people like you support Bridgebox. I'm going to tell you a quick story. This is the quickest Bridge story. I can tell you this exactly sums it up. You guys have heard us talk about our friend Pete, who works with us here at the Bridge, Great dude. He's standing out in front of our service last week. Someone walks up to him and says, what, what do you got going on here? He says, well, service guys and thing." He says, all right. Dude walks off. He comes back and says, I was on my way to buy heroin on the next block, but I've decided I'm going to come to this service instead. <laughs> yeah. It's a true story, That's man. where we are. That's what we're doing, and we're able to do that. That amazing story happened only because people like you out there signed up for $8 a month. Get the super fan status. Get lots of cool stuff. Fund some ministry. You can get the Lee Younger version, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Fund what Lee's doing down there. Lots of cool stuff from him. You can sign up by those places. All right, we're going to get into some questions. I
1: declare emergency off because I forgot to do it earlier.
0: I don't think you did, but double emergency off. Never hurt anyone. All right. <laughs> if you hang out with us all the way to the end, we will give you some ways to get in touch with it. Our first question comes in from our friend Kent. <clears throat> Kent, Definitely say that super fan status. Oh yeah. Definitely. Here we go. He writes in, "I was wondering, what's the difference between recreational dating and intentional dating?" Mm. I've seen articles by people who put one as harmful and the other as holy, but to be honest, I really have no clue what these types of dating are and what the deal is. Thanks for answering. Glenn, can you start us off?
1: Well, absolutely. Recreational dating is when you, you know, put on kind of, you know, sporty athletic gear and you just run. Sure. <laughs> just running and running and running, and then intentional dating is when you just have in- intentions, okay? Just whatever intentions you want.
0: Sure, I don't... I intend to go get ice cream. We got ice cream. Intentional dating.
1: I, yeah. I
3: thought recreational dating was when you could quit dating anytime you wanted to, but you know, you just kind of you just like the rush. You know, no. sometimes on weekends. <laughs>
1: recreational dating. <laughs> is Once like... again,
3: Glenn tries to be wholesome. And Jed
0: drags us down into the muck and the mud. <laughs> That's right.
1: That always happens. I like uh, to help. <laughs> yeah, you're all welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm mocking uh, these things because uh, partly because I have no idea sure. what the difference. between Also, those it's two easy are. and fun. Yeah, I uh, those are made up words and they're not really in the Bible, so I don't I, I don't know much about that. Um the uh, for some reason I live my life in such a way that other people come up with bad ideas and then I have to explain them which uh um I don't <laughs> that's know That's what you signed up for, boss. Yeah, I guess so. Um here's the thing. Um there if you want to do this the the right way, if that's if that's your desire, if that's your intent uh, then the right way to do that is to figure out the mission of that relationship, to figure out what's the point of it. What are, what are we you know, in this for? So uh, the, the first thing I think that ought to occur to you is that we ought to uh, be an encouragement to one another. We should be lifting one another up, uh, uh, you know, supporting one another, that kind of thing. That's a, that's a huge boost. I mean, everything we do, we can do better if we have a little bit of encouragement and support. Um, we can also uh, sort of encourage each other on the stuff that we're trying to grow into. So there's, there's good stuff we're not doing now that we're trying to do. So we can strategize how to do that together, and we can sort of coach each other in that, and we can we can cheerlead one another in that. So uh, you know, if, if we try and grow and move forward in a certain area our partner can reflect that back to us and say, you did good on that thing. We were talking about that thing and you, you really did good with it uh, on this instance. And that feedback can really be useful. Sometimes when you're growing and you're in the early stages, you don't, you don't see that, that you're making progress. So uh, even very simple, very basic fundamental things like that can really be a tremendous boost to your walk a uh, tremendous boost to your, your witness to other people and so on and so forth, it needs to have a mission. It needs to have a point and a purpose. If it's not fulfilling that mission, then it's time to look at that relationship and reevaluate. Uh, the problem is that for a lot of people, the relationship the, the dating relationship they have is sort of an end in and of itself. The the, the point of dating is to be able to say that you're dating. Yeah. And to talk about dating, and uh, everyone guess what happened with my dating, and so on and so forth. Um, there, there's certain people uh, who I love desperately that uh, when when the um, announcement comes over the Twitter or the Facebook or whatever, hey guys, we're getting married. I have, th- I inwardly cringe because I know now I'm going to be hearing five thousand different emails or texts or. Uh, twitter posts or facebook posts about this wedding yeah of which i don't care you know I just this is your wedding you be excited about it i'm not getting married i'm not excited that's just how life works uh but uh there's a there, there's a sense of is it is it internally important to us and then i'm trying to draw, sort of encourage everyone to join me in enjoying uh my relationship or is it externally focused where we're using this relationship almost as a launching pad, where we're blasting off from that from that solid base, and we're going out there and we're caring for other people and lifting other people up and helping them uh, with what they're going through. Uh, so, if you want to talk about you know healthy versus not healthy, functional versus non-functional, glorifying the Lord versus not good versus bad, dating whatever, I think those are the kind of things that I would look at final quick thought and then we'll send it around to these other guys it should be fun uh dating you should enjoy it you 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 do not need to be looking for boxes to fit this stuff in i I, i've said this before and i really 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 believe it if you and the young lady that you want to date and 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 uh, have a relationship with if the two of you sit down and say what's the most awesome thing we could do What's the most awesome way we could have this relationship that works for us? I mean, we're a unique people. We have unique personalities. We have unique interests. If if What if we put together something that's unique to us that would just be totally awesome? Whatever you come up with is a thousand times better than a Christian dating book that you could buy that would tell you to do that. It really would be. Now, hopefully, if you're stuck, a Christian dating book or a mentor or a, certainly a married couple that you respect can give you the nugget of an idea and a, a, a direction maybe to head in. But generally speaking, what if, if you're driven to come up with something awesome, I'm trying to tell you, you will come up with something awesome.
0: Absolutely. Lee?
2: Well, I love uh, how Glenn answered that. And I, I would say one thing that, um, you know, working with a lot of young people and talking about their dating relationships, one of the things that happens, I, I'm with Glenn on this thing about you know uh, recreational dating. I've never heard of that before, but I, I do like the word intentional. I don't know if I, I've not heard it as a you know as as an adjective to attach onto dating, but I like the word intentional because I, I do think that that, that uh, where a lot of dating couples get in trouble is that they don't do really anything with any intentionality. And what actually happens is they, the place where they get into trouble is they don't talk about anything. And, uh, you know, beforehand, they don't talk about, you know, uh, why are we doing this? They don't talk about what do we want out of this? They don't talk about what are our boundaries going to be? They don't talk about what does the Lord want out of this? Uh, one of the things that happens is, you know, uh, you know, young Christian couples will get into a dating relationship, and they're talking about, you know, uh, th- they'll say, uh, how do we make this, uh, you know, a Christ-centered uh, dating relationship? And one of the weird things is you can totally stump that couple if you say, why do you want that? And they're like, what? Yeah. The, one thing that's really interesting is that people, they, they, they have an idea of like, what is the most, you know, Christian-y sounding thing that we can do about this, but they don't ever stop to ask the why question. Why do we want this to be a, why do we want this to be Christ-centered? And somebody might say, well that's obvious well tell me why it's obvious um, why do we want to set up physical boundaries and why do we want to talk about that yeah well, well why do you know what do you think why should we talk about that well I mean there's a lot of great reasons and 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 whenever people have come to me and talked about you know uh, you know, we went farther than we want to, and we thought it was going to make us closer, and it totally wound up shipwrecking our, you know, our closeness. And now we, it feels like there's a a, a a chasm in between us. And and I I really regret the things that have happened. And you know, and I'll say, well, did you guys talk about where you wanted your physical boundaries to be? Did you pray about that? Did you talk about that? Well, no, we didn't. Well, is it possible that you didn't talk about that because you kind of wanted it to be left open because that way you could both kind of get away with it? Yeah, probably. Okay, well, as long as we're now talking about yeah, that, yeah, you know, and so n- now we're being honest about it. I love the idea of being intentional. I don't know what intentional dating is, but I love the idea of being intentional and sitting down together and developing a plan of, like Glenn said, what is this relationship for? What is it about? What do we want out of this? And why do we want those things? What, I mean, th- th- there's some really cool. I mean, there's you could just have some really cool conversations just asking the word why. Why do we want that? Why, why are we concerned about that? Why do people always talk about that? What's that about? And then like Glenn said, I, 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 totally, I totally, totally, totally agree. I could not agree more that one of the, the best things that you could do is to find somebody. If you're, if you're, if you're interested in a young gal and you, or you start dating a young gal, one of the best things that you can do is find somebody that you can face to face with who has a great marriage and sit down and talk to them and say, here's all the crazy things that are going through my head. Uh, What do you think about that? Uh, How can I do this in the most awesome way possible? Uh, Tell me about that. Tell me everything you think. Here's what, um, here's my instinct. Am I an idiot or is this a great idea? And, uh, you know, here's this argument that we had. Uh, Was I right about that or was I a total idiot? You know, and so and just to get that feedback and, and to talk to that person, but to you know to have these conversations to keep people in the loop on it, I think is the best way to go out. I love this idea about intentional. Talk about it. Talk about somebody who knows what they're talking about. It talk about it with the person that you're that you're talking about dating and, and figure out some of these why questions.
3: Totally, Jed. Yeah, man, you've heard a lot of good stuff on the specific thing you asked about. So let me pull the camera back and, and tell you about kind of the broader thing. You, you said that you, you hadn't heard, let's see the exact language. I really have no clue about what these types of dating are and what the deal is. Well, here's the thing, bro, is um, you're being marketed to. Um, and this is really, really important as you get older. You're trying to yeah. discern between good and bad advice. Um, there's a difference between people that want to market to you and people that want to minister to you. Right. Yep. People who want to minister to you, try and get a sense of who you are as a person, what your deal is, and then talk about the things that are relevant to your specific situation. So, for example, your doctor um exist to to help you know bolster your specific physical health when you go to the doctor he's probably not going to talk to you about the risks of ebola virus because that really doesn't have anything to do with your health um you're not going anywhere where they have that you you know you're not likely to contract it so but your cholesterol is a little high so why don't we talk about that because that actually has to do with your specific situation now by contrast There's a million products out there that want to market to you by making you concerned about possible health things that you could have. You don't, but you could have them, and you should look into this product to make sure you don't have them. You've seen this a million times before. This is why every... you know. the Ask your doctor if you need this pill you don't need. Exactly right. The, the, you know, this is the whole cliched thing with the ad for the nightly news. Could there be a secret killer lurking in your medicine cabinet? <laughs> Tune in at 11 to find out. Right. Um, well, of course there's not a secret killer lurking in your medicine cabinet, but they want, they're marketing to you. They want you to watch that program, and they've learned that fear motivates people to watch the program.
2: How do you know, Jed? How do you know? How
3: do you know? Here's the thing about Christian magazines, bro, is even... even... Even the good ones exist to make money. Yep, that's that's why they're there. Um, for example, Relevant Magazine is a business. Sure. Um, they they publish a certain. If they n-
0: stop being profitable, they're going to stop making that magazine.
3: It's exactly right. They publish a, a certain number of of really really cool articles, um, and uh, you know they including they, the occasional one by Jed Brewer. It's been known to happen. Uh, but they're a business. They they exist to make money, and because they exist to make money, they need to market. They need people to click on that link so that the ads show up, so that they get paid money, and they can all make a living and pay rent and buy. Groceries.
0: And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It should right. just color your perception of what's happening. They're yes. not telling you this because it's the most important thing to tell you. They're telling you because they think it's something you might be interested in clicking on.
3: That's exactly right. They are trying to raise the interest level as high as possible within ethical boundaries so that you'll click on the link so that you'll see the ads so that you will, um, you know, uh, they will make money and life will go on. Now, they'd love it if it helped you and ministered to you in the process. They think that's great, but they're a business. They exist to make money. Your pastor, your mentor, by contrast, is someone who is in your life to help you figure out specific things in your life. Understand, there there are out there, there are players. There are guys that are kind of stringing along five different girls and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, leading them on and not committing to anybody and not being serious. And they're just kind of playing with this whole thing. And they need their pastor to come along and say, dude, you're playing with it. That ain't that ain't cool. Um, you know, you're, you're doing this like it's a hobby that, you know, you need to pick a person and be serious about it and be on it. There are guys out there and there are girls out there that need that advice. That is not the case for the huge, 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 vast majority of Christian young people. That's Ministerial speaking, that's not the advice that they need. But again, we're dealing with marketing versus <coughs> ministry. So that's the thing I'd encourage you to do, bro, is to look at who in my life is trying to minister to me and my specific situation versus people that are trying to market to me. As, as Matt said, there's nothing inherently wrong with someone trying to market to you, but it should very much color your perception of whether or not this advice has anything to do with your life
0: life. Absolutely right. I want to go back real quick to something Glenn said in the beginning about intentional dating being, well, dating that has an intention. I'm going to give the people who wrote these articles the benefit of the doubt, even though it pains me, and give maybe there is a healthy interpretation of wanting to be intentional versus be recreational. As Jed's saying, if you wanted to define recreational dating as I am bored and would like another person to entertain me, yeah, or I don't want to go to this movie alone, therefore I will, or anything like that. Yeah, that's probably not great. That's that's using someone in a way that we aren't really meant to have relationships. On by contrast, if you just say I think this person of the opposite gender is cute and neat and I would like to have coffee and see if there's something there. That's an intention. That counts. You yep. don't need to have the wedding planned, you don't need to be meeting with your pastor and praying over every aspect or everything. <laughs> an intention Wanting to go on a date with someone
1: is an intention. Yeah, I thought intentional dating was when everything's really intense. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's a great way to st- to start dating. <laughs> I don't know your middle name yet, but what are your thoughts on divorce? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that. But that is true. There's a lot of this idea of people use intentional to use it as this kind of a nebulous thing that, as Jed's pointing out in the marketing, one of the beautiful things about a statement like intentional is if no one ever defines it, they can always tell you you're not doing it enough. Yeah, right, exactly. You're right. not being intentional enough. Buy my third book in this series on intentional dating. Maybe you'll find out this time. Yeah, but, you know, if you have an intention to want to get to know someone better, that's called dating. That's intentional. That's fine. All right, we're we'll move on to our next question here at Cayman Anonymously at our Tumblr. It says... I've never really done a daily devotional, and I'm not sure about the idea of sitting down, reading my Bible, and praying when I could be doing something else. But I want to know God's voice, so can you give me some tips on how I can get started on this? Lee, can you start us off?
2: Absolutely. I actually really like this question, and thanks for writing it in. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's certainly possible that You know, you you might have gone to a, you might have been in a church environment where they basically paint your, you know, they, they paint the whole like devotional life with just one brush. This is what it looks like. Everybody has your, you have your Bible and you have your journal and it lasts for 30 minutes and you talk, you know, you read this and then you... Write these things out, and then you Instagram a picture of your journal page, and, and everybody... the Starbucks cup. Don't forget the Starbucks cup. Okay, the, sorry, don't forget the Starbucks cup. And then, and, and now you're closer to Jesus. Now, it's it's highly possible that you came from an environment where everybody does it the same way. Um, the thing I love about this question is that you're an individual, and so you know, if, if you're like I, you know, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I, that that doesn't really appeal to me, or that doesn't seem to connect to me. Great, let's find another way to do that. I, you know, one thing about the guys on this show is we love the idea of, of when it comes down to some of this ministry stuff. You know, thinking about it and problem solving and brainstorming and coming up with different strategies and tactics on you know ways to 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 solve some of these problems. So. Um, one, just you know, a couple of quick fire practical ideas is, um, you know you're listening to a podcast, so you have some kind of iPod or iPhone or some kind of you know smartphone or something like that. You know, why not uh, download, you know, a few books of an audio Bible and try that? I mean, maybe your thing is like jogging, or maybe your thing is uh, fishing. Um I, I've got a friend who loves fishing. And so what he does is, Audio Bible puts one of the earpieces in while he's fishing and listens to the Audio Bible. Uh, that's awesome, you know. I personally, I love to go jogging and listen to the Bridge Podcast. I've got a little loop that I do that winds up right. Uh, you know, it's like uh, as I'm coming through to the end of the run, it's it's right at the end of the podcast. I, I love doing that, and so uh, you know, you you might. You know, you might do something like that. You get a little, you know, worship music, you hear a little sermon, something like that while you're running. I actually had a friend, I have a friend who's a very dear friend that, no kidding, he met the Lord, started his senior year of high school, and as he started to figure out what it, what it was like to, to to you know, spend some time with Jesus every day, he would wake up before school and he, this dude did yoga and then had his quiet time after the relaxation of the yoga. Nice. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. I mean, this is, the, this is like one of the coolest dudes I know. But like, it's like, that, maybe that's your thing is I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to listen to a little audio Bible. Or, you know, I was talking to, uh, you know, one uh, young friend of mine who was saying the time that I really connect with the Lord is honestly when I'm just like driving in the car by myself. Great. Yep. You know, put some tunes on, put an again, with the audio bible, there's so many kind of things that you could do that are different than just sitting in the coffee shop with the journal and the bible out and trying to make that thing work. Don't try to force something that were to work that's not working for you. Maybe just take a walk. Uh, Don't listen to anything. Just take a walk, talk to the Lord about what your problems and fears are, stuff like that. I would say a a place that you want to get to, a place that you want to land to is that you have some time in your day where you can be honest with the Lord about how you're feeling, about what's going on with you, about the stuff that you're afraid of, the stuff that you need help with, the stuff where you're feeling weak and tempted... Um, the things that you want Jesus to do for you, that you have some time where you're quiet and you allow the Lord to speak to you. That, that, that's where we want to land. But let's not try to force something that, that's not working for you. Let's let's try to come up with something completely unique that, that works for you so we can get, you know, moving towards that place.
0: It's all great advice and really sharp stuff. It did, however, contain the phrase... I love going jogging, Lee. I don't even know who you are anymore. I found that very disturbing, but other other than that, really great advice, Jed. Well, I mean, I was talking about the Bridge podcast,
2: so maybe that's you can why I
0: didn't. That's why I didn't call it out at the time. I yeah. was waiting till later when I could separate the part out.
1: I thought it was jogging with a soft J. It is. It is quiet.
0: Well, that's when you do it through fjords,
3: <laughs> Jed. Well, look, man, everything Lee said is spot on, particularly the part about listening to the Bridge podcast. That part was Woo! exceptionally spot Labor on. Review. Leave a review. You know, I think here's the problem that we get into is that the idea of having a devotional um, has been kind of put on people as a religious ceremony that you have to do. And, And I think... You know, as I read your question, I think that's what you don't like is why why do I have to have a religious ceremony in my life? That that feels useless. In fact, you basically say as much, I you know, I don't want to have to do this ritual, but I do want to know God. So, you know, couldn't you know, couldn't we do that? So here's what I'd like to say is kill the ritual entirely. Yeah. Get get rid of the there is no ritual. God's not looking for you to do a ritual, no ritual. The way I would look at it is in my married life. I have to spend some kind of time with my wife every day uh, in order to keep our relationship healthy. Um, uh, we 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 go on a date almost every day, but you got to understand, half of those are walking through Target together. Right. Um, you know we uh, you know we got to pick up milk or eggs or whatever the thing is, and so we take twenty minutes and just kind of casually scroll through the Target and you know buy the groceries we need. But this is a really key thing: is we're connecting with each other in that time. Um, uh, she's talking to me. I'm talking to her and we're just enjoying being together. And that and that's what makes it work. Now some people say, well, is you know, it's not a date if it's not a French bistro and you know, the whole thing and, you know, a bottle of the fanny's wine or whatever. But no, it's just the being together. That's that's the thing because if you have a relationship with someone, you have to maintain it and you, you maintain it by spending time with them. Right.
1: It, if you have sort of a forced uh, traditional framework, that, yeah. that might almost be killing it.
3: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, you know, Part of the magic for uh, my wife and I, my name is Hallie, is that... Um, the target thing is totally low key. Both of us work professionally in very high pressure situations with, you know, very high stake stuff. And so it's actually a nice break for us to go to something that's totally low key and totally relaxed and nothing can go wrong at the target. So we can just we can just chill and just be ourselves. And I'd encourage you to think about connecting with the Lord in that similar way is I just want to spend time with this person. I just I want to have like a little mini date. Um, you know, roughly speaking, once a day, it's okay for it to be 10 minutes, it's okay for it to be five minutes if that's what it needed to be. But the key thing is there's talking and there's listening and there's togetherness. That's that's the key thing is those three elements. However that needs to work, that's between you and the Lord. And And the way it's going to work for you is going to be different. Um, than everybody else because you're a unique human being. Uh, There's no way around that. I will tell you there's a very famous Christian writer named Henri Nouwen. He's a cool dude and wrote a lot of cool books. He has a book. The entire book is he sat in front of Rembrandt's painting of the return of the prodigal son and just observed all the cool stuff in that painting and what that told him about that story that Jesus told and he has an entire book on it. Here's what I'm saying is if you're a visual guy, if you're a visual girl, if you're if you're into the arts, go find some really cool paintings stuff out of the Bible and just stare at them, meditate on them, let the Lord speak to you through that. As Lee is illustrating, there's a million ways to connect with the Lord, to listen um, to his voice, definitely is absolutely right about taking time to be honest back with the Lord and tell him what the deal is, but that can be um, you praying silently, that can be you talking out loud, that can be you writing in your journal. I had a buddy as a jazz piano player, and he he would have a thing where he was just jamming himself, and that was, for him, that was prayer. Was just right. when he was just you know it was him Lord and I one time I made the mistake coming hey hey bro and he was he was mad at me dude this is my prayer time what are you doing get out of here you know figure out the thing that works for you I would add in one quick thing which is I'd encourage you little bit by little bit to try and and, and get into the habit even just a little bit of listening to the Lord in prayer. Um we want to listen to the Lord through Scripture. Um, we want to listen to the Lord through wise counsel from other people. We also want to listen to the Lord in the silence of prayer, and I encourage you to do a little bit of that.
1: Absolutely, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, great minds think alike. I, I Really, these guys are, are pointing the same thing I'm looking at. Uh, you do have to find a setup that works for you. And here's a true confession. I have never kept a journal in my life. Sure. And uh, no, I don't anticipate a day where that's going to happen um it's just not my thing dude. Yeah. uh and it would be a dumb idea for me to do something that's not my thing uh to you know some people that's how they get it out they they're just sort of natural born writers or whatever it is or yeah. they like being organized i guess in that way or something like that uh to me i'd rather just tell the lord what the thing is i i don't like writing so that's uh you know that would just be a frustrating thing for me and yeah there've been times where you know I'll go on like a retreat, something when I was in college or something, and they'd 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 say, uh, "All right, everyone, journal about what you learned this morning," and be like, "Yeah, oh, really? I don't, I don't want to." Yeah. And of course, I wouldn't. And everyone would be like, "I guess Glenn isn't really." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know?
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, don't you want to share about what the Lord's doing in your life? Right? Yeah. One yeah. of <laughs> us. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, at some point, I, you know just uh uh i don't fit into that that framework if you're the same way you've got good company uh the goal here really uh that we need to be clear about is that we're tuning out everything else yeah uh in order to hear the lord's voice the lord's voice is always with us uh both obviously in scripture but his his voice is always with us in prayer uh, the, the Lord's speaking to us all the time. I mean, He, he He's in our thought life, no question about it. Uh, the enemy is too, of course. Yeah. You you can usually hear him loud and clear. Uh, but it's a it's a matter of tuning out all these other things. When when Lee's describing uh, going out jogging, he's he's doing that because nobody's on his phone. Uh, his his kids aren't there with him, and stuff. he's on his own. So he has that time where it's, it's carved out it's there's, there's nothing to interfere with that uh, same thing with fishing same thing with uh, you know playing music or whatever it is so uh, the the key thing that makes that work in many respects is the things that we're tuning out and then finding that thing as these guys are saying that's unique to you that helps unlock that that hidden inner stuff that you want to bring out and share with the Lord. Uh, you want to do that in um, uh, by you know studying the word meditating on the word no question about it uh, I do that uh, by uh, audio Bibles when I'm driving I do a lot of driving for my job and stuff I'm on the road quite a little bit uh, and you know it's just a, a time where I'm on my own I by myself there's you know fewer fewer things to do demand my attention, so if I can get that going and, and make that work, it that's it's a smart time frame for me to, to do that. Uh, me sitting in a, trying to find a quiet room and sit by myself and sit and physically read that Bible would be a much more difficult proposition for me to, to try and work out. So I have to be smart about that. But I totally agree with what Jed's saying. This is about being in prayer as well as being in the word the hearing the lord's voice through the prayer as well as through the word Uh, getting a mentor where you can uh, get some interpretation for that because here's the thing is you're going to begin to hear an agreement in all those things you're going to hear in that prayer time you have with the lord in the time that you get into the word you're going to see that click together and you'll develop a sense of a hunger for that a a sense of uh, a sense of almost a dependency on that. You're, you're, you're hooked on it. You want to get more of that. And at that point, uh, if you let your creativity run a little bit wild, you're going to find something unique to you, as these guys are pointing out, that's going to be exciting, it's going to be fun, and it's going to, going to really live and breathe for you in a way that it's not maybe not doing now because we're thinking in more mechanical terms.
0: That's absolutely right. One thing I want to... Uh Tack on here at the end is look at a one little line from your uh, your question, which I think is really incredibly honest. You say, "I don't want to do sit down and read the Bible and pray when I could be doing something else." And one of the things that, as Jed was giving you, you know, involves togetherness and talking and listening and a lot of the stuff that the aspects of this you've gotten from these three guys, which is all great stuff. One thing that really is integral to the kind of devotional quiet time, whatever you call it, is you can't really be accomplishing anything. Yeah. That's kind of mm. part of the whole, not ritual, as, as Jeb was talking about. It doesn't have to be ritual. But that's kind of the part of the whole process is I'm stopping. I'm not working. I'm not checking my email. I'm not doing something else. I am focusing on this because this is important. Yeah. Now, you can do something, like, as, as Glenn's saying, driving. Uh, Lee's talking about running and fishing and all that stuff. That's all great. You can be doing something at the same time. But it's very easy to get caught up in the idea, I think, One of the things that's been difficult for me with devotionals throughout my walk, and maybe for some of you too, is it's easy to get itchy if you're doing something but not accomplishing something. Our Mm -hmm. culture tends to be very uncomfortable with that. You know, I I just spent 20 minutes doing this devotional. I could have returned five emails. I could have read for this class. I could have done this thing why did I do yeah. this? He did it because it's important. And as these guys are saying, you'll start to get something out of it. The longer you do it, the more you'll see that, the more important it will become, to, become to you. All right. We're going to move to our last question here. Came in anonymously. It says, I'm going through a difficult time in my life. And though I've been praying for guidance, strength, and courage, I feel that my prayers are falling on deaf ears. I read a devotional in scripture each day that occasionally speak to me. But for the most part, I feel that God and the Holy spirit are silent when it comes to me. Do you have any advice? Jed, can you start us off?
3: Well, the most important thing is I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through a rough time, and and I'm sorry that things are sucking, and I'm sorry that you feel ignored by the Lord. I I can tell you, I can relate to all of that. I know all of us on this podcast uh, can relate to that. The thing, my friend, that I wonder about is you seem oddly calm and collected for what you're describing here. Let Let me read this back. I'm going through a difficult time in my life, and though I have been praying for guidance, strength, and courage, I feel that my prayers are falling on deaf ears. That, what that sounds like to me is that there is an anger and a frustration and a disgust that you feel like maybe you're not allowed to feel, and you're trying really, really hard to have what feels like it would be the holy attitude when you're ready to start breaking stuff. Uh And the thing that I want you to know is that the moment where you say, I've had enough of the good attitude, now it's about to get real, I think that's actually the moment God's been waiting for in your life. Let me me tell you why that is. A lot of people feel like the thing that they're going to bring to the table, their giftedness, is to be really religious about stuff. Just, you know, uh, they'll just remind us all um, that that uh, God is good and that he is holy. And and that that will be their contribution to the kingdom. They'll really bring them. Yeah. Just really sincere, really, Mm. a lot of really stilted language. Mm. And guys, I just feel like even though we're all having a good time, if we could stop having a good time (laughs) and just write in our journals about what God has been showing us, wouldn't that be better? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people where they have it in their brain that that's that just being really religious that's their thing that's right. that's their gift. And heck, I don't know, maybe that is somebody's gift but it's not yours. Um it's it's not yours. Uh and and I think that trying to be good and trying to be churchy and trying to to do what the churchy thing would be, I think that's actually what's killing you. Here's the thing is when you read the Psalms in particular, it's true throughout the Bible, but when, when you read the Psalms in particular, you see people being raw with God. You see David flat out saying, God, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? One of my favorite stories in the Bible, because it's so human, is a, a moment where Elijah has just, who's a prophet, he's a super important guy in the Bible, in the in the first half of the Bible, and he's just had some major victories. I mean, God has moved in incredible ways, and very shortly after, Elijah goes to God and says, you should just kill me. I'm I'm not better than any of these idiots down here. I don't have what it takes. You should just kill me and just get this over with. That, think about that for a second. And what's crazy is God sends an angel right, um, to, feed him, to yeah. feed him, but the message is, you're not wrong. This is too much for you, right, so, right. So, so let me take care of you. But here's the thing is, could Elijah have gotten what he needed from God if he didn't start out by being raw and honest? If, if Elijah had gone to God and said, well, God, I, I'm having some difficulties. Uh, things are, they're challenging, um and I'm just going to pray for you to um sustain me uh in this hour of trial. Uh I I think that would be good and, and fortuitous. And um uh you know uh, your your will be done amen. If if here's my question, I, it's something I have you think on. If that had been where Elijah was coming from, do you think he would have been able to receive what God wanted to give him in that moment?
1: Yeah, and doesn't the Lord have to kind of turn up the heat? To press the point. Exactly right. Because otherwise, we're just never going to get to that place. Exactly
3: right. Exactly right. You know, the thing is, for Elijah to get what God had for him, he had to be... What Elijah needed was help for a desperate man. But in order to receive it, he had to come to terms with his own desperation. He had to be in a place where he would say, God, I... I don't have it. I you know, and I'm losing my mind down here and you're freaking me out. And I I need I need some help because dang, that's where Elijah needed to be in order to be able to receive the thing that God had for him. I'll put it to you this way. With our work here in Chicago on the streets, we we can help people that have no options. If you'll, you know, Matt told the story at the beginning. This guy said, you know, I was going to buy heroin, but then I decided I'd come to church instead. We can help that guy. We right. we have a million different kinds of help for that dude. We can get that guy a place to live. We can get that guy a bus pass. We can help that guy find a job. We can get that guy into drug rehab. We can get that guy medical care. We can talk to that guy about Jesus. We can hook that guy up. We can make it happen for that guy. But if that same guy walks in that service and says, no, I'm, I'm doing pretty good.
1: You know, things are, I got nothing for that.
3: I got nothing there. I can't help that guy. Right. That's the thing. I I can help a guy that says, oh man, I'm about to inject an opiate into my arm because that's how flipping desperate my life is. I can help that guy. I can't help the guy that doesn't need help. Well, the truth is it's the same way in our relationship with God. God can help. And it's really about our ability to receive his help. You need to understand my meaning here, but God can help a desperate man. God can help a desperate woman. A person says, God, if you don't come through, I'm screwed. And it's looking a lot like screwed o'clock. I need you to come through for me here. Mm -hmm. God can help that person. The person says, Oh, you know, things are, they're, they're, they're challenging, sure, but they're fine. They're fine. That person actually can't be helped because they won't receive that help. Amen. That help that's meant for a desperate person. Here's what I want you to do go home, whether in your journal or out loud or whatever, tell God you're desperate cut out the churchy stuff, cut out the right attitude, be raw, be real, tell God the things you've been holding back for the last six months, just tell him how it is, and then beg him to respond. I promise you, he wants more than anything to meet you in that hour of need. Go tell him about the need that you're in. Absolutely right, Glenn.
1: Yeah, I I agree 100% with all that. I think... Uh, when I look at this, the first thing that, that came to my mind was, uh, are we looking at the real problem here? You know, is this a, uh, it, it, you know, it, it seems like uh, it, it has that tone, it has that feel of we're starting in the middle here. And we're as Jed's pointing out, we're trying to have the right attitude about it. Uh, and that's not step one. <laughs> step one is let's get it all out. Let's talk about it. And sometimes we have, the problem that we're taking to the Lord, which is really a symptom of the thing yeah. that's underneath, and we have to sort of work through some of these symptoms and address them in order to realize, okay, there's a really a bigger underlying thing driving all this, and we have to dig deep and get after that. So I don't know that you're, that it's it, it seems like uh, we may not be really talking with God about the main problem right now. I think it's important to do that. And here's why. Because if you say, along the lines of what Jed's saying, if you take something that is wrong, that's been done to you, that's happened to you, whatever, and you say, well, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. You kind of sweep that under the rug. Then here's what happens. You've closed off the conversation of what God wants to say about it. And guess who does get to talk about it now? The enemy. Yep. He, he now that you've swept that under the rug, that that's where that's where the devil lives. He's under the rug w- with all the stuff you're oppressing. and you're giving him more ammo when you sweep that under the rug. When, you know, you say, "Well, it's fine, it's fine. I'm just going to release it." You know, and so forth. Well, you know, uh, there are some things that have have gone wrong in your life that you are upset about and you need to hear God tell you, I'm upset about that too. Yeah. Because believe me, if you hear that on your problem, the whole world's going to turn around. This is a different deal here. If God's on my side of this argument, whoa, now I don't need to carry this nearly as much as I thought I just did. Mm -hmm. I can take an entirely different view of that. These are the transformative moments in our life, so we need to talk to God about what the real problem is. If the Lord says to us, and He will sometimes, if the Lord says you need to drop it, you you, you need you're playing with us. You need to quit playing with it. Drop it. Don't you know the the you're you're having an insecure thought. You know you need to just pinch it off and don't have it because that's this is how you get into these problems. But there are times you're going to go to the Lord, and much more often you go to the Lord and say, you know, this thing happened in my childhood. And I'm just I, I can't get past it. I can't I can't be okay with it. And Lord saying you're not supposed to be okay with it. It's terrible. I'm yeah. angry about it. Yeah. Well now you say, oh my gosh, I've been trying to force myself to be okay about this all this time, and it turns out you know that, that it's that that it, my anger towards it, it's appropriate and it's it makes sense and that it's not okay. And the Lord has declared it should not be okay. What I'm describing to you is what we call a blind spot. When there's an area of your walk, an area of your life that you haven't resolved, that you sort of repressed instead of dealing with the Lord, that creates what we call a blind spot. And 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 the way I'm describing that blind spot is the Lord can't tell you anything about that area of your life because you've hit, you sort of blocked it off. Uh, I think what I want to encourage you to look at is you've gotten into a place where. Uh, theology itself and our understanding of God itself has broken down you know in order for you to sustain the viewpoint that you have god has to not be the god of the bible to you okay. you are the exception god listens to everyone's prayers but not yours yeah yeah how does that work you know this is how far we're twisting reality to- around to try and make this viewpoint work so uh, uh, what I would really encourage you to do is to look at, we we got to reverse course on the direction that we're ha- heading in here. And I think Jed's exactly right. It's got to start with honesty. Absolutely, Lee.
2: Well, <clears throat> I love where these brothers have taken this. and And, and to be honest... You know, just hit rewind, listen to this again about all this stuff on honesty. And the, the, the last thing, just a, a real quick thing that I would tack on here is that there are certain things in our Christian life that we know even when we don't feel them. And that's one of the, it's one of the kind of hard things about, about walking with Jesus is that there are things that we're supposed to know, even if we don't feel that they're true. Jesus promises that he'll never leave or forsake us. Why don't you like hit some of these promises back over the net? Um, Like a hard baseline shot, like in tennis, just hit it right back over the net and say, look, you promised you're not going to leave me or forsake me. So here's what I, here's what I, you know, I'm going through a difficult time. Yeah, I'm as Jed and Glenn are saying. I'm laying this all out honestly. I want to hear from you on this. And here's what I'd love for you to do is, I want you to I I want you to show up today in some way. I need some measure of strength for this thing. I need some measure of peace. I need a conversation that's going to help. I, I want some kind of postcard of, of you showing up. Show me how you feel about me. Show me what, what's going on. And, and I can tell you from experience, this has been uh, that's been an awesome thing for me, just to say to the Lord, look, you promised you weren't going to leave or forsake me. I'm asking you to show up. Yeah. I'm asking you to show up in a, in, a, in, a, in a palpable way that says to me, in my brain, in my spirit, I am here for you and I have not left. Um, now the cool thing is is that once you once you hit that hard baseline shot, be ready for it. Yeah. Be, be ready to find it. Be ready to see it. I mean, you know it, it might be a text message from a friend that you weren't expecting and you didn't, but it was exactly what you needed. And I can tell you, I've gotten those various those self same text messages from the other dudes that you've heard on this podcast on days when I've asked the Lord to show up for me, mm-hmm. and these guys have come out of the blue and have and and have and have said the thing I needed, or my wife has come in and said the thing I needed, or or just some money came in or something like that. You know, it just something happened. I mean, I'm not talking about you know just. Put the Lord to the test. A miracle will happen. I'm not talking about big, miraculous things. I'm just saying, say to the Lord, I, I need you to show up for me. I, I, I need you to be here for me today and, and, and to look for him to do that. And, uh, and the last thing that I would say, the very, very last thing is, ask the Lord to get to put into your brain and into your heart, what do you want me to do next? And that is an important thing that what's my next actionable step? Where do you want me to step? Do you want me to step to the left? Do you want me to step to the right? What do you, what's my next move? I need you to give me some clarity and some peace on what my next move is. Do you want me to do this? And that's often a cool thing. Sometimes what we're we're, we're waiting on is we're waiting on this uh, this audible voice to come in and tell us all the solutions to all of our problems. When what the Lord is waiting on is, do you want me to call the shots on the next move or not? And so I think that's another thing that we can do is is uh, you know uh, you know in this in the midst of all this honesty, in the midst of being raw about it, in the midst of all that stuff what do you want me to do next? Yeah. And and asking that question straight up and being ready to take that move. Yeah,
0: yeah. Amen. All right. <laughs> if you have a question for us, you can go to say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts. The Bridge comes out every Monday. The Bridge Loud comes out every Friday. You can find those on iTunes. You can also uh, find links and posts on our blog. This is com. Don't forget missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Thanks for listening. We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: Are you an intentional super fan? Oh, yeah.